and welcome to Don't Be All Like Uncool, a very Bravo podcast. I'm Elizabeth, and I am joined by my extreme friend and co-host, Alex Morand. And that's extreme that starts with an X and not an E, because I'm at X in our alphabet countdown. It's my way or the highway, and the ramps are closed. Oh, Alex, that was very extreme and Thank a good you. tagline. You said you didn't like it. I liked it. It only worked because you gave me that extreme before. Is that why Tom Jardy had to use the cliff as his exit ramp? Because he's too extreme. He's too extreme. Yeah, he said, this is my way. <laughs> we are also joined by my lovely sister and our co-host, Miss Julia Baker. Hi, Jules. The only thing I'm exercising is my right to not work out. Oh, Julia. Tomorrow I'm going to go on a run. Now, my tagline this week could be used for both Julia, myself, or literally any housewife. Secret secrets are no fun, and that's why I tell everyone. Ooh, I could, I, me too, and that could also apply to me. Oh, are you a little gossip queen as well, Alex? You two know this. What are you talking about? We are a little gossip queen. I don't think it counts as gossip if it's not malicious. Like, I just like to put things in my little th- my it's little knowledge bubble, if you will. Fun information about others? Yeah. It's like a little <laughs> trivia, a little jeopardy that I play with myself. I'm not going to tell anybody except for you guys and like my mom. And that's it. So unless you know my mom, you're fine. <laughs> there you go. All right. Well, we have uh, an exciting week of Bravo this week. Finally, a little, little more uh, lighthearted and some classic housewives drama. Are we ready for Roni? Yeah. Now, this week of Roni started out with some hot drama that we didn't even get to see. What was up with that? We had a off-air physical altercation, as Leah puts it, between Bershawn and Sonia. But we, we did see it. In, like, flashback form. Do you think that was because there wasn't that much to show? I think it was a stylistic yes, I choice. I think we saw what happened, and then we it was just... Uh, okay. conveyed through the three times Leah tells the story as something much more than what happened. <laughs> I did feel so bad for this poor little B&B. Sonia's breaking things. They're Ramona's shitting on the floor. And on top of the ghosts they have to deal with. <laughs> All the ghosts. Now, Alex, somebody from the past, not necessarily a ghost, but a fun reference was brought up and our poor girl Lou just is not getting these callbacks. Ramona tries to do a reference between the Sonia and Brashawn fight, doing a little fun callback when she's talking with Lou, and Lou misinterprets it. It thinks that Ramona is, in fact, dissing her. I feel like sober Luann, as Alex has said, is taking any comment very personally. And this episode, she was still so hung up on the grandmother comment. <laughs> she cannot let being called a grandma go. Now, I've been saying Sonia's gone off the deep end for a while now, and the straw that broke the camel's back in this instance was Sonia's Elsa from Frozen clip-on extensions that she had. She gave herself a nice beehive, and then she had these horrible synthetic extensions that just looked like a little kid going to a birthday party. I don't know why, but it made the intervention at the bar that much worse for me. And also probably made it weirder when Ramona said that she was 12 years old. I mean, she did look like a 12-year-old going to her birthday. <laughs> a couple of things. Well, one thing happened that has never happened in Housewife history. So I feel like this episode of Rona is one for the books 
And that is An intervention at a bar? Before we even got to the bar, they sat on the bus to go on their excursion. And Leah says, there are things we need to talk about right now, but I just can't. And they all decided to have a quiet ride and sat in silence doing their own thing, just kind of being at one with the peace of it all. I've never seen this happen. They all needed a I'm happy break. to hear you confirm this because I was wondering, has this ever happened in a housewife show? Because historically, no. when confined to a bus or some form of transport, they really have to face the things that have like transpired the night before or whatever is like actually going on with them. But they just didn't do anything. And it was kind of riveting to watch. And I was grateful because when they sat on that bus, I was ready for Leah to start throwing roses. Like, we've had a lot of bus drama already this season of Roni. Yes. And I just was so grateful for that time to just watch them play on their phones and really collect my thoughts before this intervention. So what are our Sonia thoughts and what are our Bershawn thoughts? Bershawn, let's get her out of the way. She's just course correcting. I'm sure she realizes what she did was... Um, not the right way to go about your first appearance on a show. Mm -hmm. So I think she's just really kind of overdoing it now and is trying to get back. I mean, like, there's, like, a lot of cuts to her, especially, like, later in the episode, laughing along and, like, really trying to be a part of, like, the good vibes. But it's you. I think it reads as very false. Do you guys think that she has taken herself out of the main housewife running? Will she no longer be a friend of? Will she get the axe like Barbara and Elise have? Yes, I think she Well, I think she will get the axe because I don't have much faith in whatever friendship she has with Ramona to keep her around. Yeah, I don't think that's real either. Yeah, and it was interesting when Ramona was trying to have her see the air of her ways that she, Ramona ended up just agreeing with everything she said about Sonia. Yeah. I mean, Sonia is a clown. That's the part that's hard is Sonia really is a mess and it's not fun to watch. It's a little too stressful. And I've heard people kind of relate Bershawn to Dorinda as being the disruptor, the person who just throws shit out there. Oh, Elizabeth, that's so true. Bershawn was the replacement for Dorinda. Mm. This episode. Yeah. But doesn't it not work when like it's someone new, you know? That's, yeah, Alex, exactly. I think that it doesn't really work because Sonia and Dorinda could come together at the end, but there's no relationship keeping them together. And this was the first time that I thought if Dorinda has her shit together, maybe she can come back. I've been very anti-Dorinda, but I might be changing my stance and I'm, kind of worried about the future of Luann specifically. She is not bringing us anything except for some statement necklaces. She feels like she's existing outside of everything Mm -hmm. right now. Yeah. Ramona tricked me as she has many times before. And I viewed her as Ramona the housewife and not Ramona the monster on the internet. And I really did enjoy her this episode So I feel like Ramona has the most staying power out of Sonia, Ramona, and Luann. Because Sonia's, I don't need to watch her get so blackout drunk she can't talk. It's not fun. Can I give you my favorite Ramona line of the episode? Please do. So Sonia screams, shut the fuck up, Ramona. And Ramona's response to that is, 
Sonia's just being passive aggressive. I would like to say to Ramona that I think screaming shut the fuck up at you is in fact aggressive and there's nothing passive about it. Yep. See, that's why we gotta keep Ramona around. I don't know. Are you guys totally disagreeing with me about the Sonia Luann kind of not working? Well, do you think, I'm just thinking in terms of like the network making the decision to like cut one of the three, like the one of the three OGs. Yeah. So if it came down to, like, their decision, I feel like Sonia would be the one that they kept. Oh, uh, yeah. Well, Sonia and Ramona, I think Lou would go. Lou's been gone before. She was gone for half a season, then they realized that they needed Lou, and she came right back. But if I could travel back to Bershawn, I'm not finding her fun at all. I find her stressful. But she has given herself the title of a common enemy, into which all the other women are having more fun together now and ebony is really finding her place almost as more of an og with Bershawn being the new newbie and it's creating oh. a dynamic amongst the other cast members that i'm really enjoying ebony is getting lucky with every all these peripheral people that are coming into the play mm-hmm. i mean like oh, i've already forgotten her name what's her name from earlier this season the shit stir oh heather oh yeah what the fuck where did heather, heather go yeah. like ebony keeps getting these like great like comparison points to be like well at least i'm not like her you know <laughs> i totally forgot about heather i thought heather was going to be a part of the whole season and remember when i told you guys that she said she quit early because of leah I don't even remember her leaving. It's the articulate comment. She got shown the door. Final thought. Really happy the seance was hosted by Tiny Tim from the Muppets Christmas Carol. We've seen so many mediums, but never have we seen someone so fascinated by a mountain goat. How the fuck do they get on the top of that cliff? Are you a mountain goat, Alex? Are you a mountain goat, Elizabeth? They, they're able to like walk vertically. They, they're very brave. And they also, there's like a high rate of like mountain goats that like fall to their deaths every year because they're just so, they can, they will just like try to climb anything. There's a lot of mountain goat facts. Down, so. Yeah, I was riveted by the mountain goat talk. <laughs> Clearly. I loved it when the senior psychic, the woman, stepped in. Tiny Tim. Yes, for sure. Julia, there's only one more week till Christmas and I see a mountain goat on the hill. And then the other guy she's with, like, clearly didn't Google any of these bitches. You could have Googled any of them and something would have come up. That's what I love so much. Leah, I'm sensing you have a hard connection with your mom. Like, it's not going well. Like, we watched on Jersey. That lady was reading the Wikipedia pages to them, but their minds were blown. Yeah. Like, that guy did nothing. Has a medium ever fallen on their face so hard in a Bravo show before, like, this guy did? Oh, gosh, no. I was shocked. I was so happy that there was another one. It was almost like he was the intern, or he was just full of shit and somehow got himself <laughs> on camera. I was going to make a joke about how he wasn't a medium. He was like a small, but I don't know if that's... There are pieces there. I don't know. Make a joke out of that. <laughs> Tiny Tim did turn the mood around to where she was making... She was able to make Ebony cry. She did. Ebony, what? is your grandma dead? Oh, I did it for Thank her. you. <laughs> and one final thought. Final, final thought. A great summation of like how I view Leah this episode when she's talking about like who she might want to conjure up during the seance. And her two picks were Joan Rivers and Kurt Cobain. And I thought that did a good job of, like, summarizing her interests in my head. Anyway, a nice little character note. (gasps) All right, Beverly Hills. Okay, Beverly Hills. Before we get into Erica and all of that drama, I would like to start off with a little Kathy corner. I have two Kathy corners. 
My first Kathy Corner is while the girls are talking about frozen accounts and what that means, Kathy, who has brought a large vase, maybe a bowl that is glass and pink, is in the background, slightly out of focus, picks up the vase, puts her head in it, smells it, and puts it back down. (laughs) I think maybe she sniffed it because did you see the giant candle she walked in with initially? That looked itself. No, I missed it. That also looked like a vase. So maybe she was just looking around for other giant candles. My second Kathy moment was when they were meant to serve bread. Uh, Kathy gets put in charge of setting the table. She puts a pile of napkins at 11 down, puts the plates and forks, and then (laughs) finds dinner rolls that have been left open for weeks, probably months at this point. And they're so hard, she bangs them together like, like a brick. She clops around very um, Mighty Python making horse sounds with the coconut style, puts them in a bowl, and then serves them. (laughs) But I did like Kyle's comment. None of these women are going to eat the bread anyway. So I was like, okay, they're self-aware. Good. Kyle keeps trying to get Kathy to help her in the kitchen when Kathy's clearly like the least helpful person alive. And I just think it's so cute that Kyle thinks Kathy's going to be in her corner. (laughs) Kathy's trying to mop up glass. I thought she was pushing it underneath the counter. And then I was horrified to realize instead of picking up the glass, she has taken like the little grill scrubby that you can grills with. And is just shoving pieces of glass into it. Classic Kathy. But beyond all the craziness of Kathy lies the drama of Erica Jane. Pull of the room. Did she know? She knows bits and she knows it's going really badly. While she was married to him, she knew there were shenanigans afoot. And I have a conspiracy theory. It's pretty nuts. Buckle up, Alex. Yes, I am going to waive any of my opinions on this until I hear Julia's theory. Because on the surface, I think this all looks very, very bad for her. But I want to hear what Julia has to say. There is a story Erica tells about... Tom Girardi driving off a cliff. When he is found and calls her, he himself is not in his car. The car is down the side of the hill. He is down the side of the hill. I think that someone was out to get Tom Girardi. And I think that this was a warning push. Julia, I think it was, it was a professional hit. I think it's a professional warning. Because if you wanted oh, to kill wow. an 88-year-old man, you could just So, kill Julia, it. it's not a professional hit. It's a professional miss. Yes! A professional miss. On purpose. And Alex's mind is blown. They knew that he would survive the car I crash? I think he was just rough and tumbled up a bit. <laughs> tossed from the cliff. <laughs> You yeah, know what? Yeah, don't. Or they like they tossed him out of the car and then and then made and then like drove the car off the cliff. Exactly. They, yeah. Exactly. He was been warned. And Erica knew that this was what happened. Erica is aware that there was a hit on him. It's not that she just like found him. That yes, way. that is what I think. And I think she knows it's because of money issues. But I don't think she knows how horrible these money issues are. But she's like, where is the money? I don't know. And I think it's because the money is with whoever Tom owes this money to, who are, in fact, the people who pushed him off the cliff. (laughs) 
what's so frustrating about this theory is we will never know if this is true. No, but does it sound implausible or... It doesn't sound any crazier than all the shit that we heard from Erica. I would like to think that Tom isn't pure evil and he was stealing from orphans and widows because his life was at stake. And so this is the narrative I have created for myself. Does him losing his like faculties um, uh, figure into your... I mean, that could just be a side effect of being a scared... He's scared shitless. I think he really is. I mean, how old is he? 92? He's elderly. I wouldn't... I mean, your body kind of starts deteriorating. Yes. Even if all of this stuff that Erica is like um, revealing in quick succession, all these big bullet points that she's revealing very quickly one after the other, even if they are all true, the manner in which she's doing it, the performance level of her like knowing there's a camera on her while she's saying these things is not helping her come across as particularly sympathetic, which I think a lot of the internet is also. You're not buying the crocodile tears? That like Sunset Boulevard-esque like turn her head into the light thing <laughs> when she was shedding her first tears upon entering did her no favors in my book. Along with, uh, Dorit also didn't help when she made that, like, ballet pose to wipe a single tear from Erica's face. I don't know if I would have that. <laughs> well, Alex, Tom Girardi, who is, in fact, 82, not 92, my bad, uh, his lawyers agree with you. They put out a statement that she must have taken some acting classes. Ah, way harsh. Rough, way harsh. Mm. I'd go as far as to say she didn't take any acting classes. <laughs> now, Julia... You usually have your list that is called Erica Totally Knows. May I add to that list? Yes, please. And my number one thing, my only thing, in fact, that Erica Totally Knows is this line. I'm not confessing. It's on Julia's list. There we go. (laughs) I wrote that down. Erica won't confess. But I mean, in all seriousness, I think she knew money was coming her way, never questioned where it was coming from, knew there was like a Ponzi scheme esque thing but never knew it came from the plane crash victims now she does but she's in too deep i agree and i fully stand by my theory that was a warning push i'm on board with it too i'll uh, i will agree i think that's also what happened what are your thoughts on kyle insinuating that she knew about tom cheating on erica and what that says about Kyle and Erica's friendship. Kyle likes to be in the middle of things. I've said it once. I've said it a billion times. I think she's a little fucking liar. She has no idea. Interesting. I, like, from watching Beverly Hills from the beginning, there was a rumor that Lisa Vanderpump was trying to spread that Mauricio was cheating on Kyle. I think yeah. if you're a man who lives in Beverly Hills, I think you get accused of cheating at least once every so often. I so thought Mauricio I, straight up did cheat on her. It was never confirmed. Mm, Got it. So I think that to say, oh, I heard that is just, you could say that about any of these husbands. I think this is just something that happened. I think that's weird of her then to say like, oh yeah, I heard that. If she has herself been on the receiving end of that type of rumor, that's weird of her to so assertively be like, I heard that. Alex, but it's also weird to hear a rumor about Denise Richards and go so hard on her that she was guilty. And meanwhile, Erica is being charged with a federal crime. And now all of a sudden she's innocent until proven guilty. You're right. So nothing that comes out of these women's mouths is consistent. Behavior doesn't really track with them. It's true. 
And Kyle Richards, we do have to be sympathetic too because she's had a rough weekend. What happened? Julia, what has happened to poor Kyle Richards this last weekend? She met an angry mob of bees that may have been sent toward her. What are you talking about? (laughs) Killer bees. (laughs) What? There is footage that Kyle Richards has sent to TMZ, presumably, because we have it from her security camera of her running from a gang of bees being surrounded by all of her dogs she stands in front of her back door for a while flailing her arms in the air then she sees her pool realizes this is the best way to rid herself of the bees and dugs herself in the pool several times coming up for air just long enough to be able to get some air in those lungs and then back down she goes and this video goes on for at least two and a half minutes then sadly she has to go to the oh my ER. God. now alex you might think is this where our story ends absolutely not don't worry kyle richards uploads not one but two selfies saying so this happened yesterday i walked into a hive of bees and was stung multiple times if you know me at all you know i'm allergic to bees and i'm terrified of them cut to a close-up selfie I share this story with you because I sometimes don't bother to take my EpiPen with me. I also don't know why I couldn't get mine to work. Probably because you were in the pool. Just that was a little side note for me. It's important to look on YouTube and watch videos of how to use it. There are different types of EpiPens and they each work differently. But also, always call 911 if you are able to use your EpiPen as they have other use. Uh-huh. What? <laughs> that, oh, okay. It cuts off. But anyway, poor Kyle. Potomac? Yes. I'm going to start out Potomac by telling you I understand Wendy's tagline. It's actually a little double meaning. We thought it was just about her being a professor, but oh no. This professor doesn't just grade on a curve, she sets the curve is about. Wendy's new boobs and butt. Oh. Double meaning. I felt very, very smart. Can we talk about Wendy for like two seconds? Yeah, and then I have to tell you you were wrong, so. Oh, nice. Okay, (laughs) I just have to say that Wendy is the second doctor housewife to start a candle line. I know. Tiffany Moon, MD, has also started a candle line. That's right. What? Is this a trend? Are we going to start getting Dr. Housewives who then decide to go into the home essential candle business? What's funny is I could see like the scene played out with Wendy telling her mother about the candle thing. I could see that like happening the same way with Tiffany and her mother. Both similar yes. mother-daughter dynamics. They are very similar and the husbands look equally miserable while hearing about their wife's business ventures. Yes. What was I wrong about? Okay, Julia. You said that Karen would never bring on somebody to intimidate, re-exacerbate, and eliminate, or whatever her three words were. But in fact, (laughs) Mia has thrown Karen under the bus in her first three minutes of being on TV. Oh, I said that Karen would never bring on someone who's not Team Karen. Yes, yes, I did. So, what the hell, Mia? I think Mia, like Wendy, is just trying to get some housewife drama started, trying to get that full-time check. I mean, if we learn anything going to Mia's house this week, we know that Mia has a hard time focusing on the project in front of her. She's trying to make a cupcake while trying to be a bad bitch CEO, while trying to 
also be a wife. That house was chaotic. It seemed super performative. She and her husband seemed miserable. A lot of cupcakes mm-hmm. this episode. Just a side note, there were like four different cupcakes. I, I agree. There were a lot of cupcakes Cupcake heavy. in this one. Oh my gosh, yeah. every housewife had a cupcake. And Potomac alone had multiple scenes with cupcakes. There was the Wendy Boob cupcakes. There were... Those tasted the best too, if we're going to judge on reaction of everyone eating the cupcakes. Absolutely. There were Mia cupcakes that actually never got made because like Julia said, There were no sprinkles. And no sprinkles. Crisis. And then there was another cupcake. Who else had cupcakes? Did Karen have... Giselle. Giselle gave Robin... Giselle brought Robin. Good memory. Did Karen have them at her love party? Yeah, she did. Ashley was eating them. Four cupcakes. Four cupcake scenarios in this episode. That's why you listen to this pod. Cupcake (laughs) counting in real time. Okay, somebody better start a cupcake business. They need to move away from candles. (laughs) Candles. Giselle's daughter's roasting Giselle about her terrible relationships was pretty hard to watch. You know they watch the show. Also, Giselle straight up tells them, which is I think is super weird. Don't involve your children in your adult problems, but especially the father of your kids. That's why they're allowed to roast her, though. Oh, I mean, like, you go, girls. If we're going to talk about Giselle roast, though. Uh-oh. Her house. Karen did tell her that she was a whore. Mm-hmm. She told her that she went to Sing Sing just because Karen didn't know what Sing Sing was. She thought it just sounded good. Yeah, she thought it was phonetically pleasing somehow. Hotbox and Sing Sing. <laughs> so she threw tons of very incriminating lies out there in Giselle's direction. And then to make it up to her, she invites her to a party where she will be the ninth wheel. Very clever, Karen. Do we think that there isn't more to Sing Sing? That it truly is just the words hot box that sounds similar set next to Sing Sing the same word twice just sounds good and that's why she said it? Dude, is there truly nothing more to it? She went on Watch What Happens Live and basically said... Well, everybody knows what a hot box is. And Sing Sing, you know. That was her explanation. And when, so, so wait. <laughs> and when they interviewed the cast members about if they knew what Sing Sing was, it got like a 25% chance that these women knew what Sing Sing was. I think Wendy and Giselle both knew it was a prison. I actually knew it was a prison. I thought. Okay. Right? Or you think she Googled it after? Robin and Mia did not bother to Google it. Yeah. Oh, God. It was pretty wild. I do like that Karen just had like a nice word salad in her head and was just throwing <laughs> anything out there. And I do agree with Giselle. I think Giselle is owed an apology and not just a shit invite to a party where she will feel excluded. Where the theme is having a relationship. Rubbing Giselle's nose into the fact Giselle doesn't have a relationship. <laughs> now, Julia, you said that you thought me and her husband, who I cannot remember his name, no, but he's a hottie for 68. Looked miserable. And they actually won the love party quiz. I just felt like their house seemed super chaotic and it made me uncomfortable, but it also seemed very performative. Like we weren't really watching what actually would go down. It's the performative couples that win stupid bullshit games like that too, is my theory. They have like a decided upon like narrative of their relationship and like what to do to sell that they love each other. And that's those are the people that like excel at those games. What did we think about Wendy and Eddie? Troubles a brewing. 
Yep, mm-hmm. Alex. I was never worried until this. The fact that what was the question like? Who in the room would you find hot? Telling that Ashley's like, thank God Michael isn't here. Woof. And then Wendy that and Eddie both write no one. Like I don't know. I think that's like you're gonna control oh, your spouse he, so much. Did you, you can't see mess that around. he was gonna write Mia? He was gonna write Mia. No did you way. Notice that? And then she no. stopped him. Yeah. <gasps> Watch it again. You just hear her say like oh, you better not be riding that. Something like that. And then it becomes the no one else here thing. Oh. He does not. Yeah. I feel like Eddie was like super happy-go-lucky, only seemed upset when they talked about his family last season and is now, he looks miserable. Do you think it's because Wendy is steering so far into I am a housewife now and that is my whole thing and he doesn't like that? I think so. And also remember that transformation took place during stay-at-home orders. So that's a lot of becoming housewife without leaving the house. If you catch my drift. She's also saying Mm -hmm. things like, I've never been free to be my most authentic self while standing there in front of us. Very, very plastic surgery. Yeah, I was a little confused about that. Like, why is you breaking the mold actually becoming the beauty standard? But that's okay. <laughs> also, keep in mind that he hasn't talked to his family in years. Now his mother-in-law is demanding boob jobs be paid for. It'd be hard to be Eddie right now. Bravo's check is not that big. Um, I just want to let you guys know, I googled hot box and two answers came up. Urban Dictionary said like verb to hot box a car, smoke a joint with the windows rolled up. And then a what is hot box slang for under people ask on Google and it's a filter to smoke a cigarette with. So no vagina wordage. Hmm. Did you type sing sing in term a dictionary? <laughs> <laughs> oh, just like, because we got to mention old Rango at least once an episode when talking about Potomac. <laughs> a good sign that Rango and Ashley's relationship is going well is that when she calls, he answers. <laughs> <laughs> the bar is on the floor. Okay. Wait, not that she's found other holes for him to use? What did that mean when she is nine months pregnant and she said, good thing I have more than one hole. She meant mouth stuff, right? Or butt stuff. I can't imagine. You're pregnant and you don't want somebody in your vagina, but you're going to let them in your booty? She does say other holes. I think that it's It's the butt and the mouth. Oh, Ashley, you can do so much better. I mean, yeah, do they not? There are other angles you can do. And we wouldn't be talking about this if she hadn't brought it up. She tells her mom and her mom's like, very good, Ashley. (laughs) yikes all right you guys ready for awards (laughs) yes yeah okay i am starting us off with awards i am giving the kathy hilton i don't do that award to myself me miss elizabeth i was so happy to know that kathy does not drive herself anywhere oh (laughs) now kathy doesn't Mm. drive herself anywhere because she is rich And I do not drive myself anywhere because I cannot drive. So congratulations, me. You and Kathy Hilton, two peas in a pod. (laughs) Well, well well-deserved award. Thank you. I did nothing. My award is the Dame Who Dishes Award, named (gasps) after our friend podcast, The Dames Who Dish. A great podcast. Check them out. Um, And that goes to Ataya, the chef at Wendy's Nude Interlude Party who kept interrupting the drama being dished out between the ladies to dish out the ladies' meals. Oh, <laughs> nice. My award 
is but not as bad as T-Rav Award. And this award draws reference to how all the gentlemen in Southern Charm are allowed to do several shenanigan bad things. And because they are not as bad as T-Rav, they get away with it. There are two recipients of the Not As Bad As T-Rav Award. One is Luann, because when Sonia Morgan busted up the fire extinguisher box, damaging the property, Luann said, I got arrested for much less. And enjoyed having Sonia be worse than her. Luann, not as bad as Sonia. Then, when Dorit, the next recipient of the award, is hearing about Erica Jane's legal woes, she is thrilled to discover that what Erica Jane is going through is much worse than what she had to go through when her accounts were frozen because of PK. So congratulations to Dorit for not being as bad as T-Rav. Woo! That was a journey. I'm happy you shine a spotlight on those two moments. Those were highlights of both episodes for me this week. (laughs) Just wild times. Well, thank you guys so much for joining me. Thank you, Elizabeth. Anytime. You can catch new episodes of the Don't Be All Like Uncool podcast every Monday on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Google Podcasts, and Podbean. You can also follow us on Instagram at likeuncoolpodcast. Remember to rate, review, subscribe, and mention it all.